everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Ghoul Friend Hour. I'm your host, Morgan Feza. And I'm Taylor Jones. Let's get, get weird. weird. We almost, we almost get had it. it. Almost. Every time. Um, so we're super happy to be back after a very long hiatus. Um, I even missed this week's True Crime Tuesday because we have just had a carousel of just germs floating around here. And as always, Mercury has been in purple Gatorade. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so we're back at it and we're super excited because it is October 4th. And you know what that means? We are four days into spooky season. <laughs> I literally love as soon as it hit 12 o'clock on was it Sunday night. I immediately was like, I think I texted Patrick. I was like, Patrick is fucking. I said, happy spooky season, first of all. And I said, it's it's fucking spooky season. Dude, the first thing I did so was like, because it was it was the perfect day too. It was like chilly mm-hmm. and it was like the perfect fall day. And it just like, you felt the shift. I was like, I'm firing up some motherfucking meatballs and I'm throwing mm-hmm. them in a pot with some homemade gravy. And we're going to have like that warm, cozy, like Sunday gravy meal. And mm-hmm. we're going to curl up. And we watched, um, I think we watched, and we ended up watching Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Matt got hit with the stomach bug the next day. It's usually how it goes. So that was fun. Yeah. But yeah. like, um, so yeah. So um, spooky season is upon us. And it's it's our it's our time to shine. Um, lots of fun things coming up. Um, me and Taylor were talking a little bit uh, about before we jumped on here, some of the guests and fun things that we have coming up for y'all. So I can't speak on it yet, but just so that if you're listening, you know that we are going to have a jam-packed October with lots of really cool things. Um, and so today's episode is going to be a little different than our normal episodes. Um, and I know Taylor has been dying. I'm like, so excited. <laughs> I'm literally like, I feel like a kid at a candy store right now. It's, um, you know, we figured what better way we've been talking about a lot of like true hauntings, missing 411s. Um, it probably is just a good old time to just step into some campfire stories and get into some, you know, really give you the heebie jeebs and um, give you some just fun things like scary stories to listen to on your car ride. Um, and before we hop into our first scary story, speaking of scary stories, I wanted to quickly talk about uh, Daryl Marston's new book, The Horror of the House of Wills. Um, fantastic read. Fantastic Good read. Book. Yeah. I like I it would, a lot. I would like 10 out of 10,000 gazillion out of 10 because um, I actually said to Daryl, I was like, it reminds me of the house on haunted hill um just like the the vibe of it and Mm -hmm. how this um house of wills has like a life of its own so reading it um, i was telling taylor i'm always very cautious i guess i want to say when i'm reading some of these real life haunting stories and maybe it's just a me thing but um I've had experiences like Deliver Us from Evil was one of the books I was just telling her about that I really got ingrained to, sucked into, love scary stories, especially when they're true. Um, I love hearing firsthand experiences. So I read Ralph Sarchi's book and as I was reading it, like really weird stuff started happening and I ended up throwing the first edition of the book in the dumpster 
because I was like, get rid of it, which I didn't tell you that. I was yeah, like, oh, I didn't know that. That's crazy. So Matt was like, you just got that book. I'm like, in the dumpster you go because it God. just just stuff was happening. Um, I told Taylor that it probably my it was I think it was probably my like my first week in reading the book, and I really got far because I'm one of those like speed readers. Um, I got like a decent way through, and my husband was on night work, and I was like dead asleep I was actually sleeping good for once which should have been a red flag (laughs) and like yeah I'm like I never slept good when he was on night work um and we lived in an apartment so I mean god knows like if there was things there before or what I mean I never sensed anything my house always felt pretty cozy and I was trying to keep a positive space but this night um something legitimately sat on top of my legs and when I like shot up and went to look, I saw the indentation rise out of the bed and it was this, it was really, it didn't feel good and it felt very scary. And so it was enough to jar me. And I was like, I didn't like that. So in the dumpster, the book went and then I circled back around to it and I was like, okay, you're being silly. Like we can't be scared of these things. We're not going to get power to it. Bought another copy got through I it. didn't know that you bought another one I did I did I bought another copy because I was like I have to I have to read the rest of this I was invested and I was like mm-hmm. I got halfway through it and just out of natural protection instinct I was like get out of my house <laughs> be gone demon like I was Rightfully like we're, so. yeah I was like we're not doing this so um <clears throat> yeah I threw it out and then I did get a second copy End up finishing it. Weird stuff still happened, but I was like, I'm not giving this whatever this is power. But when I was reading this, uh, this, it spooked me. It really spooked me. It was um just the right amount of like education. It was just the right amount of scary. But my favorite part of the book is the way that um Daryl really paints a picture of like you you feel like you're walking through the house of wills like i my favorite part about reading books is that you can kind of paint your own scene of like what you're reading and it was not hard to do like the imagery was really there um and so i felt like i was walking through this place and i was glued to it and i was like i want to go see it like i'm like i want to go to cleveland and walk through this place and just sweep it because the way that it's set up and how massive it seems and you know it's even cool because they give you um little like floor maps of the the house Mm. of wills in the book um so yeah it was to know somebody like daryl who's been on some of the craziest locations that like i said would make us absolutely shit our pants um to see him say that this is the one, this was the one case that almost took him out of the game and was probably one of the scariest experiences that he's had. Reading the book, I can see why, 100%. Um, so I just wanted to kind of give it a shout out since we're going to be talking about spooky, scary, spooky reads for October. The Horrors of the House of Wills, Daryl Marston. Um, go check it out, a thousand out of ten. Um, it's definitely gonna be something that I recommend in the ghoul friend hour ghoul friend hour spooky book club. <laughs> um, so if you guys are looking for a book club, feel free to join. We're on Facebook. Um, we got some good stuff coming up and some great reads um that we're gonna add to our mile-long TBR. Mm-hmm. So um 
yeah so without further ado let's get weird let's get into it you wanna you want me to read mine first or yeah yeah, i'm gonna have you do yours because i know you are like i'm like itching you are itching to read it so i'm like excited to listen so just as a side note before i read this story it is a little lengthy but i do want to give a warning that this story now before i even say this i am i feel like i've been pretty desensitized to a lot of stories and horror stuff because the amount of stuff that i've watched over the years so like horror stories don't usually bug me anymore this is the person talking who in high school would literally sit in like art class and read no sleep reddit for fun when i had nothing like else to do when i finished my projects early so you I have like, no soul yeah so <laughs> the fact that when i read this and it gave me such creeps to the point where like i at some points didn't even like to be alone like there are nights sometimes where like patrick goes upstairs or whatever to take a dog out or something and i'm sitting it washes ass um and i will be in my room with the lights on and all the rest of the lights on the floor will be off and i think about this shit and it just creeps me out it's like it's always when you don't want your brain to go to that part it's intrusive thoughts it's, it's always the intrusive thoughts. I used to have that with, um, you know, the freaking uh, the book It and then yeah. the movie It, like the yeah. original one. So like me and my two friends uh, growing up, we like watched it all together. It was the first time I saw it and it was like in the early 2000s. Um, and I remember I went to sleep over at her house and she had like the old drains, like they were like there were an yeah. It's like with the porcelain sink. Yeah. And I remember like, I called my grandma and I was like, come pick me up right now. I was like, pick me up, pick me up, pick me up. Do not leave me here. I was like, because this thing is going to come out of this drain. I'm like, she has those old sinks. And she was like, she's like, oh my God, Morgan. Like you do this to yourself all the time. You watch these scary movies and you're like addicted to them. And then you won't take a shower for two, three weeks. (laughs) You're afraid you're going to get attacked butt naked by this clown. I'm like, damn skippy (laughs) damn skippy i mean it's true though but like these intrusive thoughts have been getting to me lately and now that i'm rereading it it's probably gonna get to me again i kind of put it on like hiatus in the back of my brain for a while but now that i'm rereading it again so this is one of those things where like it really if the ship is sinking like you're just you're fucking taking all of Mm -hmm, us with you mm -hmm, yeah okay so and this is just reading the title can already you can already tell where it's gonna go so it's called my wife has been peeking at me from around corners and behind furniture it's gone from weird to terrifying did you read it i didn't read it but i i literally found it as one of my stories because everybody was like it's so scary it's (laughs) something else when i tell you okay so it is a little bit long and we'll cut into like if there's ever a time where you want to put any two cents in please do because otherwise i'll just read it like a kid does you know like when you were in school and you used to read it and then you'd have that one kid that would just keep going and the teacher would have to literally cut them off and be like okay we're gonna have somebody else read now but they would have just kept going if you didn't stop them but we hated popcorn so much so we were like please keep going carry the carry the class on our back i I was the kid that didn't want to keep going but like in this situation because it's something i actually like i'm okay with it okay we're gonna put your reading comprehension 
to the test right now dude I used to get so much anxiety when I used to read I would be like my eyes would be six words ahead of what I was actually reading because I was scared I was gonna fuck up the words and I was gonna embarrass myself in class so like I would have like the first word that I'd be saying but my eyes were already six words ahead so I knew what I was gonna be saying next that's how much anxiety reading in class gave me I just want to say it was even worse. I don't know if this this was you, but like especially when like there was a cute like boy in class or like your crush was in class and you're just like, oh, I'm going to nail this. I'm gonna like like a real smarticle in front of them. And then you're like, I've been feeling like a pop tart, something with a cop car. And you're like, uh, that did not go how I was planning. And then you have to drop out of school and exactly. move states and just Start never come back. Life. Yeah. Just throw the whole life out. All right. So, and also, I'm going to read this first tiny paragraph, and then I'm going to tell you why this also creeps me out. But it says, my wife, Lynn, and I have been together for six years and married for 11 months. Our entire history together has been normal, and never once have I noticed any weird behaviors or red flags. I can't stress enough how out of character this whole thing is for her. Now, the reason why this creeped me out, because I'm, like, thinking, holy shit, if Patrick ever does this to me, I think I'd fucking kill him, like, with my own bare hands, because it's just so creepy, and the fact that, the like, the story starts out with, like, oh, yeah, we've been together for, like, six years, and this has never been an issue, and this came out of nowhere, that just freaks me out. It's just, it's creepy as hell. <clears throat> Till death, Taylor. Till death. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Not if it's this situation. Literally. Hell no. So, Lynn is very kind, intelligent, and thoughtful. She's always been the no-nonsense type of person. Being childish or trying to scare me is not something she'd normally do. She doesn't even like watching horror movies. When we first started dating, she agreed to watch The Shining with me because she knew how much I loved horror. She was so scared that she didn't even make it through half of the movie before we had to turn it off. She isn't into anything creepy and has never been into pranks. It's just not her cup of tea. And that's fine. But what's so strange about this, but that's what's so strange about this, it's just so unlike her. I should also add that she never had any mental health issues, and as far as I'm aware, it doesn't run in her family. I know some people are able to hide their mental health problems, but in the six years we've been together, I think I'd seen some sort of sign. Two months ago, I was sitting in the kitchen making myself some coffee before work. I was running a bit late that morning and knew I wouldn't be able to make it to Dunkin' Donuts for my usual morning fix. I took a sip of coffee as I hurried down the hall towards the front door when I happened to notice Lynn peeking at me from around the corner ahead of me. I could only see her eyes and a strand of her long dark hair hanging against the wall. The rest of her body was concealed behind the corner. I nearly spilled my coffee when I saw her and I burnt the shit out of my lips. Geez, Lynn, I said, wiping a few drops of coffee from my pants. You scared the shit out of me. She immediately popped out of view like a little kid that had been caught. I heard her scurry off towards the living room, and by the time I got to the front door, she was out of sight. It was really weird and just totally out of character for her, like I said, but I also found it kind of funny that she was being more playful and a little less serious. I shouted that I loved her and called her a weirdo. As I shut the door behind me, I heard her laughing. Her behavior was a bit odd, but it certainly wasn't something to call a priest over. I forgot about it by lunch, and by the time I got home, she was her normal self. 
I didn't bring it up, and neither did she, and life went on. <clears throat> or so we thought. The next incident happened three days later. It was around 2 a.m. when I had woken up to get a drink. I was standing at the kitchen island, jug of OJ in hand, when I felt a strong feeling that I was being watched. For whatever reason, I looked down at the floor and saw my wife's smiling face staring back. She was peeking at me from the other side of the island, staring up with wide, unblinking eyes and grinning, grinning like a Cheshire cat. Now, really quick, when I was reading that, I didn't imagine it in my head until I, like, when they said grinning like the Cheshire cat, that's where I was kind of like, ooh, that's a little fucking creepy, but that's okay. It's not that bad. <clears throat> For whatever reason, I looked down at the floor. Oh, no, I just read that. We're having a moment. This is why we I got to do what you do. Got to keep track on the paragraphs. Popcorn. Um, <laughs> I screamed, I'll admit it, not out of irritation, but fear. For some reason at that moment, I was scared. At the sound of my scream, Lynn scuttled backwards out of my view, her hands and feet smacking the tile floor as she hurried out of the kitchen on all fours. <laughs> when... I don't like it. I didn't either. I didn't run after her or even yell at her. I just stood there frozen in shock, wondering what the fuck had possessed her to do that. Dude, it's only going to get worse. I'm telling you. Okay. It took me a little longer than I did like that. I'd like to admit to go back upstairs, but I eventually did. When I got to our bedroom, Lynn was lying on her side asleep or at least pretending to be. I stood there for a while watching her breathing to be sure she was really asleep. I had the feeling she might jump out at me the moment I got into bed, but she didn't. I climbed into bed, and she didn't even move. Her breathing was soft and deep, and I was starting to wonder if I'd dreamt the whole thing. The next morning, I waited for her to come down for coffee, and after handing her a mug and kissing her cheek, I decided to ask her about it. What was that about last night, I asked, keeping my tone light so I didn't offend or embarrass her. She frowned over her cup of coffee, shaking her head like she had no clue what I was referring to. You were peeking at me again. From over there, I said, pointing to the spot on the floor by the kitchen island. She followed my gaze, and when she looked back at me, she bursted out laughing. Laughing. Oh, my goodness. She laughed so hard that I couldn't help but join her. You creep me the fuck out sometimes, you know that, I said. She giggled and set her cup on the counter and wrapped her arms around my neck. You creep me out all the time, so I guess we're even, she teased. We said our goodbyes and left for work. As I drove, I kept thinking about how creepy I had been seeing her grinning at me from behind the island like that. The sounds her hands made on the floor as she crawled away. I told myself she was just trying to be silly. Just trying to join me in my love for all things horror. Now, I love horror, but if that ever happened to me in person... Divorce. Straight to jail. I would not like horror anymore. I wouldn't like people. No, I wouldn't I like I, anything. I would be like straight, straight to the electric chair. You go. I, I wouldn't know what to do because like, I wouldn't want to be alone, but I wouldn't want to be around anybody. So that I would seriously ruin my trust in humanity because <laughs> I would be like, if I could be with somebody for that long and all of a sudden they just, they switch right? up like that. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Damn. It's not like I was afraid of her, but it still didn't sit right with me. I started seeing her peeking at me more and more. Sometimes she'd be peeking out from behind the couch or living room curtains. Once she even managed to get inside her grandmother's old trunk that sits at the foot of our bed. 
That's fucking gross. And I'm so glad, mom, if you ever listen to this, I'm so glad that your trunk is not at the foot of your bed like it used to be because I literally would never come over anymore if it was. She used to have a trunk at the foot of her bed. Now it sits in the corner of the room, but like I'd rather sit in the corner of the room than in front of the bed because that shit's scary. Um, Got a little sidetracked. I might not have even known she was there at all had the trunk's old hinges not given her away. She had the lid propped up just enough so that only half her face peeked through. She'd been grinning like an excited toddler. It was unnerving. I didn't even know what to say to her. All I could do was stare. When I finally found my voice, I asked her why on earth was she doing this. She didn't answer, but she had slowly closed the lid, shutting herself inside the trunk. I just walked away feeling disturbed. I didn't understand why she was doing it, but it clearly made her happy. I just hoped she would tire of the game quickly. Lynn didn't peek at me for the next two weeks. I started to think she was done with her weird prank, and I was relieved. We were watching a show on Netflix one night, and I jokingly said that I hadn't seen her peeking at me lately and that she must have given up her spy game. Now, before I read this next sentence, I just want you to know that, like, I would never have ever even said anything, like, if... if they had literally just been like, if they stopped, I would have just let it let it be. I would not have said a single thing. So this next sentence is going to make a whole lot of sense when I tell you why I just said that. But she looked up at me with a small smile and said, maybe I've just gotten better at it. That already right there creeped me the fuck out when I heard that. I was like, I'm that. And that's when I knew that's when I knew shit was going to get worse. When I read that, I didn't say anything, but I wondered whether or not she was joking for the next few days. I couldn't stop thinking about what she'd said. Was she still peeking at me when I wasn't looking and I just hadn't noticed? If so, what the hell was she getting out of this? I started to feel paranoid, constantly checking whether she was watching from the corner or behind a door. I was jumpy whenever I was home, and she wasn't in full view of me. I felt stupid and a little crazy. But after a few weeks, without another incident, I began to relax. I stopped checking behind furniture and walls and told myself it was just a bad memory. Then a few days ago, things got so much worse. Lynn left to go to a friend's and I lounged on the couch and played a couple games on my laptop. Around 9 p.m., I hopped in the shower and as I was washing the soap from my hair, I felt that awful feeling that I was being watched. I slowly opened my eyes and almost had a fucking heart attack. Lynn was peeking from behind the shower curtain. Her entire head stretched into the shower, leaving just her body outside. Her long, dark hair hung against the curtain, the ends dripping with water. Her mouth hung open in a terrible grin, eyes wide and red, as if she hadn't blinked in a while. I screamed and jumped back against the wall. She didn't move, nor did her smile waver. Her makeup ran down her cheeks in two black streaks. She looked giddy and completely deranged. I was fucking terrified. It's only gonna get worse. (laughs) you got anything you want to say about that or you you want me to keep going keep going i'm just taking it in okay because it does get worse we stood like that for a few moments neither of us saying a word finally after what felt like forever she slowly pulled her head back out of the shower and i watched her blurry figure 
through the curtain as she moved backwards towards the bathroom door. A second later, the bathroom door slammed shut, hard enough to rattle the mirror. I screamed again and jumped out of the shower to lock the door. I stayed inside the bathroom for over an hour. Maybe I overreacted to some of you, but joke or not, I wasn't going to keep up with the crazy shit anymore. That's what I kept telling myself as I paced in my bathroom, stopping to listen at the door every few minutes. Suddenly, I heard a muffled sound, and I pressed my ear against the bathroom door, straining to listen. I couldn't hear anything, but I envisioned Lynn standing on the other side of the door, giggling at her joke. I felt a surge of anger, and I was beyond pissed at being made to feel scared in my own house and made to hide in the bathroom for an hour. All for what? Some joke? If it was a joke, it was an awful one. <clears throat> what the fuck lynn i snapped this shit is getting really fucking annoying i waited for her to apologize or to call me a jerk but instead i heard a faint moan so quiet i wondered if i heard it at all and then complete silence lynn i called out not able to even hide the shakiness in my voice i got no response just my own heavy breathing i swear to god just fucking stop it i yelled pounding my fist on the door I waited for her to cuss me out, something I would expect from her, from me talking to her like that. I never screamed at her before, but there was nothing, just the occasional drip from the shower head. I won't deny that I was scared, too afraid to open the damn door and face my own wife. I waited another 30 minutes or so, which felt like fucking lifetime when you're scared. Finally, I decided I wasn't going to spend the night hiding in my bathroom, so I got down on my knees and peered through the door. I almost expected to see her face peeking back at me, but thankfully I didn't. I couldn't see straight down the hallway to the top of the stairs, but no Lynn. I didn't know if I could be happy. I didn't know if I should be happy about that or not. I looked for a few minutes, waiting to see her head pop over the top step, but it never came. I stood up, my hand hovering over the door and mentally preparing myself to open it. I slowly turned the lock with shaky fingers and was about to yank it open when I heard a, heard a sound that still makes me nauseous when I think about it. A moan louder than before, but this time I was able to tell just where it was coming from. I turned my head to the closet door as if in slow motion and locked eyes with my wife who was peeking out at me from the slight gap. So for anybody that might understand that, he's looking at the, the, the closet door that's in the bathroom, and he has not opened the door yet to outside the bathroom. <clears throat> her eyes were still wide as ever, and her mouth was hanging open in the most grotesque, gaping smile I'd ever seen. I didn't even scream. I was too scared for even that. Her hands were clasped to her chest, body, body trembling with sheer delight as if she could barely contain her excitement. A short, raspy moan bubbled up from her throat, deep and raw, sending a shiver through my entire body. Somehow I found the ability to pull the bathroom door open and ran as fast as I could all the way down the steps, snagging my keys and phone from the table in the living room before running outside to my car. I could hear her shrill laughter behind me, but I didn't hear her getting closer. I didn't bother shutting the front door, and I drove away from the house faster than I legally should have, shivering the entire time, either from fear or the cold. Maybe a little bit of both. I hadn't grabbed a coat or even a pair of shoes, and I was still in my boxers and my hair was still damp. I drove straight to my brother Chris's house about 40 minutes away, ignoring any and every call and text I got. 
I didn't check my phone until I was safely parked in my brother's driveway. Lynn had called four times and sent a flurry of texts, all wondering where I'd gone and why I left like that. I threw my phone at the dash in rage, furious at her nonchalant attitude. My brother and his wife were surprised to see me, especially dressed in just a pair of boxers, but told me to stay as long as I needed. Chris lent some clothes and asked what happened. I told him Lynn and I had a fight, but didn't get into the details. I didn't want him thinking I was overreacting, leaving my wife over a prank, even if it was a strange one. I mean, I hadn't even encouraged her for years hadn't I encouraged her for years to lighten up instead of being so serious all the time? I had wanted her to relax and loosen up, but this was definitely not what I had in mind. I tried to sleep on their sofa, but my brain wouldn't let me sleep. Every time I closed my eyes, I saw Lynn's face staring at me from inside the closet. Knowing she'd been there with me the entire time made my skin crawl. She never left the fucking bathroom at all. Instead, she slipped inside the closet and slammed the bathroom door shut to fool me. The mere thought of going back home gave me anxiety. I tossed and turned, unable to sleep. Chris ended up giving me a sleeping pill so I was able to get a little rest. My, fa- my sleep was filled with terrible dreams, all of Lynn's smiling face. I woke up as the sun started to rise, my sore body ached from the sofa, and I felt drained. I knew I'd have to call Lynn at some point, but I didn't know what to say to her, and I wouldn't be going home unless she gave me her word she'd never do any more creepy shit. I just wanted my wife back. Her normal serious self never looked so good to me. I was contemplating calling her and telling her that when the familiar feeling came over me, I was being watched. I was staring at the ceiling, my heart in my throat. I didn't want to look away, but the longer I ignored the feeling, the worse it got. My eyes drifted from the ceiling almost on their own. Her face was pressed up against the window beside the couch, staring down at me with that same gaping smile. Drool dribbled down her lips, leaving two long streaks down the glass. I didn't know how long she'd been there, but something told me she'd been there quite a while, possibly all night. Lynn, are you crazy? What the hell is wrong with you? Just go home, I shouted. Now! She didn't move, and her ghastly expression never changed. If anything, her smile only grew as if she had never been more elated. I could hear Chris and his wife moving around upstairs. As if Lynn could hear them from her place outside, her head twitched slightly in their direction, and she began to close her mouth slowly. Chris called my name from upstairs, obviously concerned. So I turned to him and his wife, Rebecca, hurrying down the steps. When I turned back to the window, Lynn was gone. The only sign she'd been there at all was the two streaks of drool dripping down the glass. I tried explaining to Chris and Rebecca about waking up to see Lynn watching me through their windows. They were skeptical. Who wouldn't be? Chris and I went outside to the spot in front of the window, but there were no footprints in the dirt, just a slight indent. Animal probably, Chris guessed, and I didn't argue. He and Rebecca assumed I dreamt the entire episode, but they didn't understand, and I was too tired to explain it to them. I walked out of work that day and turned my cell off. I didn't want to face Lynn. Just talking to her was too much for me at that point. I really started to believe something was irreversibly wrong with her, but no matter what promises she made, she'd never be the same again. The thought saddened me to my core, and I cried most of the morning. But by noon, I figured I was ready to confront her, give her one last chance to explain myself. I could at least give her that after six years, I told myself. I turned my phone on and saw the dozens of texts she'd sent, all from a seemingly concerned wife. 
And then what I'm about to say is all the things that she said, but she texted, can we talk? I love you. Please call me. I'm really worried. Can you answer? Just come home. And more of the same. All text telling me she loved me and she wanted me home. How worried she was. Not a damn one addressing the crazy shit she pulled. Like she hadn't been acting like a character from a Stephen King book. Which is crazy because we were just talking about Stephen King before. (laughs) I know it's seemingly childish to some of you who are miles away from this situation. But if you saw the way Lynn looked at me, how she scampered away on all four like some wild animal grinning at me from inside the closet like a lunatic that I think you'd find my reaction was warranted. I ended up staying with Chris and Rebecca for another night, and I didn't wake up yesterday until afternoon, and thankfully I didn't see Lynn's face watching me through the window. I don't want to pry because it's not my place, but is this fight something that can be mended, Rebecca asked. She made us both a sandwich for lunch, and I knew she wanted to breach the subject without seeming nosy. I don't know. I just... She's like a different person, I said, choosing my words carefully. I still wasn't ready for her or Chris to know the full extent of the batshit craziness I had been dealing with. People change, Ben, but she's still the same woman you married. Maybe you both just need to talk through your issues. Whatever's going on, I'm sure it can be fixed. I think it's beyond that now. I don't think talking would help. I just don't trust her. The words stung in my heart. I missed and loved my wife, but how could I live with someone like that? Living in constant fear didn't sound too appealing. Lynn loves you. She had to be absolute. She has to be absolutely crushed, she said. I don't know about that, I said. Well, she certainly doesn't. She certainly. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm, I'm having one of those dyslexic. D- dyslexic moments. Dyslexis. Oh, there's Dyslexis. too many S's. <laughs> there's too many S's and C's. <clears throat> I feel like Sally. Sell, Sally. Oh, no. Sally. I'm I'm having a joke. No. You're having a joke? I'm having a joke. Uh, okay, wait. I lost it. Everybody, we're going to recalibrate oh. in three, two, one. Okay. I think I got it. Ooh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, she... Oh, no, I got it right. I got it right. Okay, well, she certainly seemed like it to me i've never seen her so upset very much unlike the lynn i know rebecca said shaking her head sadly it took a full minute for her words to really sink in and when they did i felt dread worming its way through my skin wait what do you mean you saw her you saw lynn i asked my mouth suddenly dry rebecca nodded casually as if that fact wasn't nightmare fuel maybe for her it wasn't she stopped by this morning just after chris left for work she said cleaning the plates from the table i didn't see her car though maybe she took an uber or something beck what did she say did she come inside i asked sweat starting to break out on my forehead i began looking around examining corners as though a predator lurked behind them no she just asked if you were awake yet and i said that you weren't i asked if she wanted me to wake you but she said no she said to let you sleep she said as she washed the dishes that's all she didn't say anything else i asked no She looked awful, though, like she hadn't slept in days. I think you should call her. I got up from the table and thanked Rebecca for lunch. I felt a little bit better at the knowledge that at least she hadn't come inside. Still, I needed to double-check that the doors were locked. I sat for a while trying to figure out what to do next. I didn't want to go home, but I felt that I owed it to Lynn to help her if I could. Hadn't I sworn an oath to love and honor her through sickness and in health? Clearly, she was very sick. I knew as her husband I was well within my rights to have her committed 
but what if she simply acted normal in their presence? She'd obviously been able to fool Rebecca into thinking she was a concerned wife. As long as the doctors didn't find her a danger to herself or others, they'd have no choice but to release her after 72 hours. I felt lost and overwhelmed. So I did what any husband in my position would do. I called her mother. I didn't want to, believe me. Her mother, Marianne, and I were never on the best of terms. We'd always fought or something like that. I'd only met her twice, and both times were for such short visits. I got the impression she didn't approve of me for her daughter. Lynn always ushered us out quickly, as she didn't want me to feel uncomfortable, which I was grateful for. But in her mother's company felt almost... Being in her mother's company felt almost unbearable, like walking on glass. I was glad when we moved three states away, so we didn't have to see her often. I was happy to avoid the woman, but I needed her help. I really didn't want to talk to her at all, but I had to talk to someone, and someone who knew Lynn better than I did, so I gripped my teeth and did what I had to do. Yes, she answered, already sounding irritated. Marianne, it's me, Ben. Do you have a minute to talk, I asked. I could hear her cluck her tongue in irritation. I'm in the middle of some of writing some checks, but if you insist, I suppose I can spare a minute. What is it that you want to discuss, Ben? She said coolly. I feel like that's not the right word, but that's okay. It's about Lynn. She's been acting strangely, and I was wondering if you had an idea whether there was something. I was quickly interrupted. It's a bit difficult to follow your rambling, Benjamin. What is it that you want from me, she asked. I can almost hear her standing there in her thin sweater and slacks, tapping her fingernails impatiently on the table. I'm not sure if this one is one of your jokes, Ben, but if so, I don't find the humor in it. Now, I have to do business, so if you don't mind, she said, but I cut her off before she could get rid of me. Marianne, this is not a joke. I'm sincerely concerned about Lynn's mental health. Her behavior has been very erratic lately. I'm very worried about her, and I figured as your mother, you would be as well. If you're truly concerned, then I suggest you get the health professionals involved. I don't know what you expect of me, she snapped. I could tell she was seconds away from hanging up, and for some reason, I was desperate not to let her. I had the feeling that she knew a lot more than she was letting on. Please, if not for me, do it for Lynn, I tried. I heard a faint, shaky intake of breath as if she was trying to hold her steerly persona together but failing. Marianne, what's wrong? I started. Benjamin, I don't know what to tell you. My only advice would be to seek professional help. Do not call here again. Goodbye. I tried to call out to her, but she hung up. I tried to wrap my head around the call on her refusal to help me. Even if she didn't like me, why wouldn't she want to help her own daughter? I couldn't understand, so I tried to replay the conversation, desperate to find something I missed. After a while, I almost gave up, gave up until I remembered she... We're, we're, we're just I feel like because I'm reading so much my brain's starting to slowly lag as we go along it's short circuiting it's okay <gasps> it's like you're reading too much you need a break <clears throat> um <clears throat> I remembered her last words to me seek professional help she'd said those words with a bit of urgency I could have just been grasping at straws but no I was sure her voice had changed ever so slightly when she'd said that what had she meant? I assumed she was referring to medical professionals, but maybe she was referring to someone else. I waited for Chris to get home, and after a long, exhausting conversation with him and Rebecca, I convinced them that Lynn truly needed psychiatric help. They were obviously shocked, but thankfully they believed me. They too just wanted to help her. Still, they didn't think it was that serious. Weird, maybe, but not dangerous. 
Chris didn't think we should involve the police just yet. He offered instead to go with me, and I readily accepted. The reason that calmly talking to her, trying to coax her into willingly, was the best recourse. I agreed to do it this way. At least I wouldn't be going into that house alone. We drove over this morning just after breakfast. There was no way I was going at night. When we pulled into the driveway, my, my stomach began doing somersaults. Her car wasn't there, but I still didn't let my guard down. The front door was ajar, and for a split second, I thought we'd see her staring through the gap. I was shaking and starting to sweat. Chris, however, was fine. He waited for me to open the door, his hands in his pockets, like he was going on a fucking stroll through the park. I envied his ignorance. I pushed the door open and was immediately hit with the stench of rot. Chris smelled it too, and he walked in the house behind me with his nose scrunched up. What do you guys use to clean the floors around here? Shit? Chris mumbled. Shut up, I said, my eyes darting around for any signs of Lynn. The house was deadly quiet and dark, despite being ten in the morning. All the curtains were closed up tight, refusing to allow any sunlight inside. If I hadn't left it just two days prior, I would have thought the house to be abandoned. We moved across each room, carefully checking any place that she might hide, occasionally calling her name. Why the fuck are you looking under the couch? Chris asked eventually. Aren't we looking for your wife? He was looking at me like I was a moron. Let's just go upstairs, I whispered. He shook his head but followed me up the stairs to check the bedroom or to check the bathroom and spare bedroom. On the way up, my shoes crunched over pieces of glass that looked to be littered over a few of the steps. I noticed that one of Lynn and my wedding portraits that hung on the wall along the staircase had been smashed. The frame hung crookedly, all the glass removed. I stared at the picture, a lump forming in my throat. We had taken the photo just after leaving the church, after saying our vows. I looked at Lynn's beautiful face. I had never dreamt her f I never dreamed her face would be ever be a source of terror for me. We climbed the rest of the stairs and checked the spare bedroom, but it looked completely untouched. I was hesitant to go into the bathroom. My fear was my fear from the night coming back to me all at once. Chris noticed and offered to go in by himself, but I wouldn't let him do that. So we walked in together, checking the closet and the shower. The bathroom looked as if it hadn't been touched since the night I left. I don't think she's here, Ben. Why don't you pack some clothes and we'll try coming back tomorrow or something? I nodded and went into our bedroom and shoved some clothes into a duffel bag. When I checked inside our closet, I came across the source of the smell and gagged. Chris took one look and lost all color in his face. He had to go stand by the stairs to get away from the sight and smell. I gazed down in shock at what lay inside my bedroom closet. Soaking into the rug were at least a dozen eyeballs, all carefully laid out in pairs. Some were as large as a quarter, while others were as tiny as a marble. I stared down at my eyes. She, she'd collected from small animals, and I wondered how she'd gotten them, and shuddered at the thought. Man, I thought I had it bad with Becca's shoe addiction, but fuck me. Your wife's in here collecting eyeballs. Chris said, gagging. Ben, I think we should go. He called from the hall. I'm getting nauseous. All right. I grabbed my duffel and shut the closet door on my new nightmare. I stepped out into the hall and took a deep breath of air. I couldn't. I could taste the rot on my tongue, and I couldn't help but gag. Who the fuck lines up eyeballs in their closet like that? Chris mumbled. I tried to tell you she needed help, I said. She doesn't need help, Ben. She needs a fucking exorcist, he said. You coming or what? I can't stand the smell any. His words died in his throat and his eyes grew wide with fear. I didn't ask him why. I could feel it. 
Someone was watching me and didn't think it was the eyes in the closet. I turned around, my eyes slowly scanning the bedroom. Christ, I whispered, as I finally saw what we'd miss. Under the bed, curled on her side, watching us with the excitement of a kid on Christmas morning, was my wife. She held her hands together just under her chin, and they were shaking eagerly. Now that she knew she'd been found, I could hear the quiet noises she was making, a sort of hiccuping sound in her throat, as if the excitement was too much for her. It was unnerving to say the least, wide eyes, and that same huge smile. Everything in me told me to run, but I forced it away. This was my wife. No matter how twisted, she was still the woman I married, and I had to help her. Lynn, I said softly. She didn't respond, but her head bobbed back and forth in two quick little movements as if she were nodding. I just want to help, okay? Can you, can you let me do that, I asked. I had taken a single step forward, approaching her like some kind of dangerous animal. I love you, Lynn, I said softly, taking another step closer. She let a tiny moan escape her wide open mouth, and I had to resist the urge to run. Her shoulders were starting to quiver, and her eyes grew as large as saucers. I crouched down so I could see her better, and immediately draw, immediately saw the blood. Her hands were covered in it. They trembled more the closer I got and as if she was barely able to contain herself. Lynn, are you hurt? You're bleeding, I said. She bobbed her head again, her bloody fingers moving up and down as if playing an invisible piano. They occasionally grazed her chin, leaving smears of blood on her skin. I knew she wouldn't come out on her own, but I didn't want to leave her in the state she was in. I scooted closer and reached out to her. The excitement hiccuping sounds got louder and her hand shook, fingers flexing. It was then that I could see the blood oozing from in between her fingers. Oh my God, Lynn, you're bleeding, I said. Instinctively, I reached out to take her hand, but before I could even touch her, her hand sprang out towards me. A sharp pain shot through my arm and I fell back on my ass. My arm burned and I could see the blood dripping down onto the carpet. I looked back at her in shock and saw her grinning madly, her fingers clutching a large shard of glass. You all right in there? Chris asked from behind me. I turned my head slightly and nodded to him, cradling my arm to my chest. When I turned back to face Lynn, I saw that her focus had shifted. She wasn't looking at me anymore, and she wasn't smiling anymore either. She was staring past me, her eyes glaring at Chris the way a hungry lion might stare at an antelope. Her mouth was still hanging open, but it was twisted into a snarl. <laughs> I got to my feet and began walking backwards down the hall, afraid to take my eyes off her. Are you bleeding, Chris asked. The moment the words left my mouth, left his mouth, Lynn started fast scooting out from under the bed, the glass shard still in her fist. Chris, run, go, I yelled. He must have been too afraid to move because a second later I felt my back bump into him. He was still standing at the top of the stairs staring at the horror that was my wife. Lynn had crawled completely out from under the bed and stood in the bedroom doorway, her face twisted in rage. <laughs> Her whole body was visibly tense. Blood ran down her fingers and onto the floor. Jesus, Lynn, Chris said. You, uh, playing hide-and-seek? I reached back and pushed him towards the step. Move your ass, Chris, I said as quickly but firmly as I could. Lynn bobbed her head in fast, sharp motions and began to grin, stretching her mouth open wider and wider so that her chin seemed to touch her chest. 
I heard Chris mutter a prayer, and then he was running down the stairs. I stood at the top of the steps, struck between the love for a woman who clearly needed serious help and self-preservation. I only want to help, I said, choking back tears. Her eyes focused on me once again as she slowly lifted the glass, holding it out in front of her. And then she started sprinting towards me, grinning with utter excitement. Thankfully, my body took over, and I flew down the stairs, skipping two or three at a time. No, because that's literally me. Like, when I... You know, like, they always show those videos where, like, you run up the stairs because you don't want the ghost to get your ass. I skipped two or three steps at a time. Parkour. Exactly. Like, like I could probably break a world record with how fast I get upstairs. Literally. You don't have to ask me twice. I would be, I would parkour that bitch. I would right? jump over a railing and just skip, like, four flights of stairs and just straight to the bottom. Exactly. I would make it to, like. No way. What do they call it? The, the the Olympics. I would literally make it. My brain's like off right now because I'm reading. Fight or flight, it. man. Like it's either I'm either going to fight my way out <clears> of there or I'm going to pull a flight and just completely just right off right off the stairs. I would be scared shitless. I made it to the front door before I felt her leap onto my back, wrapping her arms around the ne- my neck, her open mouth next to my ear so that I could hear those terrible hiccuping sounds up close. I shook her off me, locking her to the floor. I felt a searing pain in my back as she went, um, as she went, but I tore open the front door and bolted to my car. Chris was standing in the front yard talking on the phone with the police. I didn't say a word. I just ran to my car and jumped in. Chris took the hint and followed me still on the line with 911. I went straight to the ER and got 11 stitches in my arm and three on my back. The police asked a lot of questions and went back to the house to do a search, but of course Lynn wasn't there. They advised me to stay with a friend or a relative for a while and to file a restraining order as soon as I could, but none of those things would matter. Somehow I just knew. I dropped Chris off at home. I went to a motel an hour away. I wanted to put as much distance between me and Lynn as I could. This is where I've been for the last four hours. I thought maybe the police would find her. Maybe they'd get her the help she desperately needs. But now I don't think so. Because 40 minutes ago, I got a text from an unknown number. Just three words. I found you. And a picture attached. The picture was dark and grainy, but I instantly knew what it was. There was no mistake. There was no mistaking my wife's eye. I started typing this out immediately after. I don't know what to do. I'm alone and scared, and I can't help but feel that I'm being watched. That is the whole story. (laughs) That was a mouthful. That was scary. Right? Now... It's not as scary reading it a second time, but the first time that I read it, it gave me the ick. Like, it really creeped me the fuck out. I can just, like, picture, like, this, like, asylum-looking, like, woman just, like, scattering across the floor. Like, that, like, yeah, I don't know. Just let it process. (laughs) Now imagine, imagine Matt doing that. No, <laughs> uh, no, ma'am. No, nope, or even worse, you. Maisie. Fuck that. <laughs> kids already do scary stuff. Right? Like, but all what's the time. crazy is that kids would probably do something like that just to be funny. That's what's crazy. Yeah. Well, and honestly, and Dyphus, this is completely a joke, but mm-hmm. this is for comical relief after that terrifying story. But if my child did that. 
I feel like that's just like a warranted Spartan kick right to the chest. Mm-hmm. Like totally justified. Like if my toddler pulls some some shit like that and tries to prank me and thinks it's funny to like run on all fours, I'm not responsible for any injuries that you <laughs> like you incur incur. So like, if I just spart and kick you right in your freaking sternum, and maybe knock you out for a couple hours, I mean that's on you. It's on you, dog. Sorry, you shouldn't. You should not have pulled that scary shit. Mm-hmm. Dude, kids are little assholes sometimes. Like yesterday, I was substituting for a class, and I was on recess duty. And I literally, I told Kayla this yesterday, and she thought it was hilarious. But I got called over by two kids and they're like my ball went over the fence can you get it and I was like yes but I'm not gonna get it a second time if it goes over again I'd be like no I made the mistake of going over there because on the other side of the fence is all woods so this is in like the green pond area if you've ever been there I've been in green pond yeah it's very wooded heavily wooded around the school and so the fence keeps the kids from going near the woods so I go to the other side of the fence and we all know why we don't go into the woods i'm never going on the other side again children because one kid comes up there's like three or four kids watching me get the ball and one kid goes i see somebody and i go what do you mean you see somebody there's nobody there they're like yeah in the woods and i was like i had to be an adult this was one of those things where like i never thought i'd be in that situation where i'd have to lie to a kid and be like there's nothing there i was shitting my pants but i was like there's nothing there i don't know what you guys are talking about and one kid goes, where? And the other was like, I'll show you. Come here. And they're like pointing in the woods behind me as I'm slowly walking back. And they're like, look, it's a black figure. I started walking fast. <laughs> I literally started walking fast, but I also tried to make it seem like it wasn't a big deal. As soon as I got to the other side, I was like, I'm never going on the other side of this gate again because kids are little assholes. Nope. No. Nope. I'm good. I'm good. No. Nope. Kids say stuff. And I'm just like, because I obviously I believe in that. And, like, there's so many, like, I told you before we hopped on here that, like, I'm starting to think that my daughter has this generational gift because this last couple of weeks, (sighs) oh, my goodness, she keeps asking me about people um, that I can see that not other people can see. Um, And not as crazy. Yeah, well, yeah, I can look at it that way. I got a team member now, so she um has definitely been talking about like who is that and like you know sees things, and I'm like, oh, like you see them too, like I'm like, okay, all right, well, um, but she, sometimes she just says things that like blow my mind, and I'm like, what? Like you weren't even. You weren't even like a thought in my uterus when that person was alive and you're way too young to like comprehend who they are or like have like memories and like like kids just say the darndest things literally scary because like you it's crazy because to a lot of people you'd be like that's not real like whatever you're saying is bullshit like that you're just saying random things but like I feel like people also forget that, like, kids don't watch horror movies. They don't deal with horror experiences. So when a kid says something like, who's that? Like, how would they know that? They don't know about ghosts and stuff. They don't know, like, unless you're teaching your kids about it. Most of the time, the kids have no fucking clue what you're, like, what a ghost is or, like, what 
that is there's so like so like speaking of which since we kind of got on like the topic of like kids and like seeing like ghosts and stuff like that um instead of reading a reddit story i'll tell you a story that i think i have talked about before um but i'm not sure did i ever tell you about the little boy that i nannied i don't know if you talk oh. about it i might remember so um there was a little boy that i babysat for a really long time you know like when you're free like big girl job it was like my first babysitting gig um and a friend of mine had introduced me to this family um had babysit a million times before never had any issues with the house never felt weird like and I've always been super super good about like walking into a space and saying okay there's they got something here or like being like oh no this is like clear free of any kind of energy um or house guests that they're probably unaware of um so i never had any issues i was never really like spooked at this house um it was a smaller house it's not like it was a huge house it was tiny um and they there was like a couple of months there where i had cheerleading and i was doing a bunch of stuff and i was like i couldn't babysit so they had found this new babysitter um and I thought things were working out for them pretty good um and when I came back and I was able to start babysitting again um they seemed like they were like really overjoyed to have me back and I mean I've always been close to the family so I mean like you always get happy so I didn't yeah. really think anything of it um and the little boy that I would watch, he was autistic. Um, and so he was already right off the bat, like was not a- allowed to watch like violent stuff, was never allowed to watch anything mm. scary. Um, they had parental controls on stuff. Like he would like, there's just no way that he had access to anything. Right. Mm. So we're sitting at the table. Like we normally do. I had made him dinner. Um, we were going to work on like his little homework assignments and, um, I'm sitting at the table with him and he had to draw like his best friend or draw a friend or something like that. And when I was there, he kept talking about Emily and I was like, okay like I'm thinking like it's a friend at school or and I was like this is awesome so you know um but then he got like increasingly uncomfortable with it so like he had to draw this friend for school so he was like I'm gonna draw Emily I'm like okay yeah like I'm like that's cute so he starts to draw her and I go about doing dishes. I'm, you know, just kind of cleaning up the house, getting him ready, getting his stuff out for bedtime. Um, and I walk back to the table and he's like, okay, can you like put this in my folder? So like he hands it to me <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like some, what? Like, I was like, sir, like what? Let me, I'm, I'm scared. Like, I was like, what, what is this? mm and he hands it to me and it literally was something like out of a horror movie um Mm. like glowing red eyes like he emphasized the red eyes she had razor sharp teeth and it was like the eye he literally just used two colors red and black red eyes and he she had this crazy ass long hair scary fucking face like fangs like he emphasized the fangs 
she looked terrifying and i was like i i questioned him and i was like what like where did you see that like i was like that's really scary he's like well that's my friend emily i said well like can you tell me more about emily like i said is she a friend at school or and he's like no he's like she's standing behind you right now no and i was like no okay and like the part that i didn't mention yet was that when i came back to the house i should have known right away that something was off because it felt off so like I typically would come around like five, five thirty, and they would go on their date night or whatever they had to do, and would stay until maybe like eight thirty, nine thirty, sometimes later. Um, so a lot of the times it was, you know, this was, and I want to say it was like the fall, like almost like it was like maybe November ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it got dark pretty early. So by the time I got there, I mean it was pretty dark, and like. Mm-hmm. I felt like just it felt very heavy and like odd and it was spooky like just it I had that feeling and I, I know that feeling very well and I was like what changed and I was trying to figure out what the fuck happened I'm like because I used to curl up on their couch read a book like I would fall asleep like I would I never felt like I had to watch over my shoulder or felt uncomfortable Um, and so I saw this picture and I was like, something is not right. I knew it when I walked in, like I felt it and I was like concerned. And so I took the picture, I saved it. And I said, can you tell me more? And he's like, well, she's my friend. And he said, sometimes she makes me do bad things. And I said, what kind of bad things? And he's like, well, sometimes like I want to hurt like my mommy and daddy. And I was like, okay, that's not like immediately my red flag was like something's wrong like this is not right this is not the same kid that I left and this is not the same kid like that I came back to like he is the most gentle most very quiet spoken like would never harm a fly so I was like I don't know like what's going on so I immediately was like let's get ready for bed (laughs) and he seemed kind of like anxious about bedtime and I was able to kind of get him situated get him into bed things were just off and I literally like noticed just like weird things like I put him to bed and like things would just not be like where I put them which you already know it's just a common occurrence for me like that's just it's <laughs> not even memory it's just something that happens in my daily life um that's like one of the first signs that I always know that they're besides <clears throat> the feeling that like something is like lurking and I feel like it's an attention thing it's like how they get your attention but like blatantly like I just did dishes just put everything to the side of the sink and like half the dishes were like missing mm-hmm. and I'm like then it's like, you know, I go into the playroom and I had just cleaned up and like stuff was out. And I'm like, but we just went from kitchen table to bed. Like he colored and stuff like that, but he didn't like, I would have heard him walk into the playroom because like where mm-hmm. the kitchen was, it was like literally the door was right next to the sink there. So like I would see him go in there. So it just little things like that. Mm-hmm. And I like, so just really odd and I felt like I was being watched and it was it was really like scary. So when his parents came home, I was like, "Listen, 
we got to sit down and I got to talk to you. And like, I know a lot of other people may just be like, oh, I don't get paid enough for this and just kind of dip out. But like, I cared about him. I was close with the family and I was like, did something happen when I was gone? I said, something's wrong. And I saw their expressions like change. And I knew that there was something that they didn't tell me. And so I said, like, what, what happened? Like, did you bring somebody new here? I said, like, something's up. And I said, and what's going on with, um, we're not going to name him, but we'll say John. Like I said, so what's going, what, what is happening with him? I said, because he's not like the same. And I showed them the picture and I said, he told me about his new friend, Emily. And they were like, oh my gosh, like, that's all he talks about. And it's like yeah. this new, like, we don't know, like if he's going through something, like, you know, that we don't let him watch like bad movies. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I said, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. And I said, can you like elaborate? I said, I feel like you're not telling me everything. And so we sat down at the kitchen table and they basically told me like this horrifying story. And I'm convinced that like whoever this person is that they brought in, I don't know if she was into like black magic or if she was doing some stuff. Um, but they had met her through a, um, I think it was, it's been so long. This was like back in like when I was in freaking high school. So I want to say it was something like they hired this lady from like one of those like playgroup type places. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like, you know, how there's like the kids gym or little gym. Yeah. It was like one of those. And I, I, they, she seemed credible and they were like, oh, everybody speaks highly of her, whatever. So they hired her. Well, they said that when they came home, like, John wasn't in bed, and things were just odd, like, and they said, like, they were missing, like, food, and, like, things were, like, missing and misplaced around the house, and that she, like, was acting strange and was, like, just odd, and so she, like, left, and... They were like, that's when they found out like the food and stuff was missing because they were like, she was acting just very odd. So they're like, check the house and make sure like, and they noticed like boxes of food were missing and like just stuff was just not where it's supposed to be. And like, she's like, the house looked terrible. Like, and so she said the worst part though was like, they go into the bathroom and it looks like there's vomit everywhere like the bathtub and then there's blood ew yeah and so the parents were like (laughs) it was horrifying and john was like they were like he wouldn't talk about like this like weird night with this babysitter and they were like, like it like trauma like they were like worried that he was like traumatized or something they're like we didn't want to freak you out because we thought maybe like she was just a weirdo and was like she's like i don't know she's like we went in the bathroom like i didn't know she was like practicing something but something was like off and she didn't go like into super details and i just knew i was like there was something dark like going on in that house and when he when this little boy like was not the kid that i had previously watched and the feeling in the house I was like this is this is odd like I was like this is really scary and so 
they told me like she like took all this food she like not ransacked the house but there was like I don't know if she was like trying on clothes in like the mom's bedroom and like there was just weird stuff and so they ended up getting like like those little like uh I think she said they got the cameras or I'd gotten like a nanny cam or something like that I'd gotten, like a restraining order seriously um but I mean they never called her back but just for future um I think they had called her to ask her what had happened because I remember like the parents saying that they did call because I said I was like what like did you reach out to her because like I'm like that's like I would I would be like what the fuck happened yeah like um so they I if I remember correctly because like I said it was a really long time ago it was something like I think they called her and she said oh I had a stomach virus and she's like that doesn't explain like the blood and like weird stuff that's been going on in our house and then they even told me that like weird shit had been happening so like they were like do we call like what do we do and like who do we call and like literally from that point on i babysat a bunch more and it was it just was not the same he was not the same and he actually even came over they had to go on a like I think it was like a weekend trip I forget how long he was at my house but I said yeah they were like would you mind like because they were comfortable with my grandparents they knew me well enough and they were like could he come stay with you for like a weekend and I was like yeah I was like you know it's fine and so I put him to bed in my room um, and then we like at my uh, like my aunt's bedroom. It's hard to describe it. Like my aunt, my grandparents house is like super old. So like you go up the staircase and there was only two bedrooms. So hers was like right at the top of the stairs. Mm-hmm. And then you walk down a long ass hallway where my bedroom was like in the back of the house. And um, to pass, like, to go down that hallway, there's two attic closets. Because, like, in the 60s, Mm. 70s, that's how it was. And keep in mind, everything in my house is pretty much original. So, like, the doorknobs were, like, that brass, um, like, it took – you had to really turn them to open them. And, like, my doorknob never worked. So, you just kind of had to slang that mother open. (laughs) But, so – he was he was sleeping over and I was like I said to my two friends I was like hey like do you guys want to have a sleepover I was like you guys can help me watch him and like we can hang out and whatever so like yeah like we've never slept over so like let's do it so we all slept in my aunt's room he slept in my room and I put him to bed and mind you my house is haunted as fuck so we um we're watching movies and my friend goes like friend one i'll give him numbers so friend one was like hey she's like pause the movie she's like do you hear that and i'm like Mm-mm. And it sounded like he was walking around Mm-mm. so i'm like am i like i said my house is old so i could hear every like you like there was no i never snuck out of my house as a freaking teenager because like my grandma she knew those floorboards like nobody's business so like you hit one stair the wrong way straight to jail so like (laughs) he the the long hallway my aunt always knew when I was home because it was the same creak in the floor and you could hear when somebody would come down that hallway so 
I pause the movie. I'm listening. And I'm like, what is he doing up? Like, I just put him to bed. So I was a little frustrated because I'm like, okay. So I go into the, the room and I literally flip on the light. I open the door. He's knocked out. Ew. And he's he can't fake that. Ew. Like there, there's no faking it. So then I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm like, maybe it's the I already knew there was other stuff. I'm like, whatever. So I shut the shut the light off. It gets worse. So brace yourself. Um, oh. so then we watch, we're watching the movie, we're doing our thing, and I hear the hallway creaking. So it's not my floors anymore. I hear the hallway creaking. And I'm like, he's walking down the hallway. So I'm literally going to stick my head out and like, catch him. So like, I literally stick my head out and I see like him at the end of the hallway. But like, he's just Mm-mm. standing there. Mm-mm. So I literally flipped no. the whole light on and he's standing there with his back to me. Ew. And I was like, I almost keep using his real name. I'm like, John john and he starts saying some stuff under his breath and literally walking backwards towards me and my two friends so like we all look at each other they're freaking the fuck out and they're like bro i'm going home i'm like you are not leaving me Mm -mm. Mm -mm. i'm like you are not leaving me i'm like because it's one thing i got if i got to deal with whatever i got in this house i just gave myself a heart attack (laughs) i put my sam costume head on my like dress mannequin (laughs) and i like went to turn i'm like who is that? Who's that lady over in the chair? Who, who that cute little boy? You see the TikTok? Like, who's that lady over there in the chair? <laughs> yes. What what fucking lady? <laughs> I was like, who is this refined gentleman? <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, so he he's like walking down the hallway, he starts saying some weird stuff, and I'm like, this this is the first time I've ever had experience with like this. So I was like, I don't like this. I'm something is up like and this was after that whole thing took place so we were up like a good majority of the night we didn't sleep because we like i walked him back to my room i put him to bed no and then sometime later in the night we heard him laughing like playing and again like i'm like does this kid not sleep like i'm like this is i got no sleep that night so my two friends at some point had passed out they left me lone survivor mm-hmm. and i was like all right well i've had enough experience in this house like i'm not gonna be scared i'm gonna be fine so i walked down the hallway i flicked on the light and i was about to be like cut the shit like mm-hmm. you need to go to bed and he's sound asleep Ew. and so could it have been sleepwalking could it have been something weird Yes, but I just think it's a little weird that all of this shit took place after this strange babysitter with all these bodily fluids and the food stealing and just, I I don't even, to be honest, it's been so long. There were other details and I thought for sure they were going to come to the front of my frontal lobe here (laughs) and help me out. Um. But they're like in the archive filing cabinets in the back of my freaking cerebellum. So um, there were other details and I wish I could remember them, but it's been so long. But I always remember that because the picture, I can see it clear as day. That is right here. Right here. <laughs> so um, for a front row. A front row. Yeah. Like there's just certain things that you see and you're like, they just they're just there permanently um and things that have happened but it's like there was definitely minuscule details that like really just up the creepy factor on this one that i'm like 
I wish I still talked to these two girls. Like, I wish that we were like somewhat friendly because I could be like, hey, do you remember those pieces? And do you remember those nights? Like, mm-hmm. I remember like that was they were the first two friends to ever stay over my house. None of my friends ever wanted to sleep over because everyone knew that my house was fucking haunted and that <laughs> shit was scary. Um, and so like everybody was kind of like when they when those two stayed over they're like oh no it lives up to it's a uh, it's hype they're like we don't know if it was the boy that was haunted or if it was like both things mm. coming together and just lots of like messed up shit or if it was like just him but i was like no i can tell you it's not just him it probably was like a combo but whatever happened i mean like I said, could we chalk it up to some trauma and some nobody knows what happened that night, like, which is really scary. But yeah, that's a real when, life story. When is the the last time that you ever spoke to that family and like the boy? Um, so very last time was uh after my grandma died. They actually wrote a letter to my house because they had ended up moving to Florida. Um, they wrote a letter to uh my house and just, you know, were like, oh, we miss you and your grandma and your grandparents and we hope you're doing good. And I was like, hey, by the way, <laughs> uh, I was like, my grandma died, you know. So um I was like, yeah. So I was like, uh sorry to tell you this way, but and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And then that was the last time I talked to them. Um Aww. But I always wonder because I'm like he like I loved him. Loved I used to love him. Um Lord. I'm lucky if I even know how old I am. It's been Well, how old is was he when you started? Freshman year of high school. Actually, it might have even been eighth grade. And how old was he at the time? So he was probably we started watching him when he was so my one friend started watching him when he was a baby okay and then she literally blew up in her babysitting business and she needed help with some of her families and like ever if she couldn't do it or needed a backup like I kind of filled in Mm -hmm. but then when she got really really popular in her business she needed me to take some of those families kind of off her hand so they they trusted me and were like hey we know you like can you watch and I was like yeah absolutely um and so that was probably I want to say maybe he was like four when I started watching him until he was about six or seven maybe like six so it's been what like 10 years yeah so he's probably he's got to be yeah he's got to be older he's got to be in his early 20s right at least, or like late teens, early twenties. Oh, that sounds weird. I don't like that. That's crazy. Because he seemed well, so baby when I was watching him. What year? But he was also. It's hard because he was premature. He was very premature. Yeah. So he was. Um, I know he was a uh, smaller for like his his age. So like, I'm just trying to think because I'm like, it's been so long. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't even. <clears throat> Remember. but i want to no, say wait, he that'd be like... more than 10 years i'm thinking of me because you're three or four years older than me so like that's probably almost closer to like 15 years ago for you yeah probably that's he's crazy. definitely of like driving age for sure that's insane like sometimes i forget my own cousins like my one cousin came to visit me and like i forget that she's literally gonna be 24 like i'm like can you not 
Like, I'm like, I hear 29. I'm like, that's really not that old. But then it's like, you see these other kids that used to babysit that were like chilling. They were little chilling. Mm-hmm. They were little baby babies. And like, now they're not baby babies. And I'm like, whoa, I, I don't like this. All right. I substitute at the one school that I went to. And one of the boys that goes there, he's fourth grade now. I babysat him when he was a kid. Like a little kid, like a baby, like when he was literally almost a year old, I babysat for him. And I think I, I think I was like eighth or eighth grade or freshman year. That was, I feel like eighth grade and freshman year is when you're like at your peak of like babysitting. Cause that's yeah. when I used to like babysit the neighbors. I had like a few uh, family friends that I babysit. That was Dude, like my I was like the family neighborhood. You right? like, you name it. And they were like, like oh. oh, they got it. They could do it. Get like, I got like five bucks an hour seriously i remember like i would get paid and i'd be like whoa i made 80 dollars right and i'm like i could i could buy so much with this and now i'm like 80 dollars gets me a breath of air exactly it allows me to breathe no more no less <clears throat> it's crazy but yeah so i always wonder about them i really do because like um i tried to find them on facebook but i feel like some people like now with facebook it's so hard to find them because if they don't want to go by like their real name Mm -hmm. or and i'm like does he have a facebook and i was like trying to look him up and i'm like no so i was like i don't know if i'm spelling their last name right and like i i wish i could connect with them again because i would just love to know like i want to know if things change like when they move houses like you know is that i'm wondering like is that they moved like i just am curious i had a lot of curiosities but i love them like i hold them so near and dear to my heart and so that's why i was like let me sit down with these rents and we got to talk because something is amiss i was like this is not this is not normal and like the i was just more so scared i'm like did something happen to him like Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that's as a, like a, even though I wasn't a parent, I mean, you're kind of a parent and you're like, when you grow that bond with that child, you're like, are they okay? Like mm-hmm. not even talking about spiritual stuff, but then it became very apparent that there was something dark and I'm not going to say it's like the D word, but it was something, it, there was definitely like a darker energy. And I don't know mm-hmm. if it's something that maybe she was dealing with <laughs> that she brought into the house, but yeah. she, something happened there. And like the, the part that gets me the most is that bodily fluid. Like, I'm like, if I even like, like, if I even like poop at somebody's house, <laughs> I have to like poopery and like scrub the toilet bowl bleach the bathroom like Mm -hmm. i don't want any trace evidence that any of my bodily fluids was ever at your house yeah so like the fact that like she had this episode or whatever happened and she just left it there like that seems like weird that's like that's what i don't understand like why would you leave it at least like i can understand if she tried to clean it up and like didn't get all of it like the fact that she deliberately left it there like in my brain i was thinking like is that like some sacrificial shit like that's like what i was, was like wondering like it seemed like and that was ritualistic and, the, and that's what that's what his mom said she said she was like and that's the word she used she was like it seemed like she was practicing like there was something weird going on like she was doing like a ritual she's like the way that food was missing and she's like it wasn't like she's like morgan you know we like keep snacks and stuff in the house for you and she's like you know like you're welcome to anything. She goes, when we come home, we're not missing, like, an entire week's worth of groceries. Yeah. Like, 
she's like she definitely took stuff to her car and definitely like binge ate when she was there and there was like weird stuff and they found I feel like um now that I'm like talking about it more I'm like they did find something I can't remember what it was it wasn't like a voodoo doll but they found something weird and like they just kept finding stuff after the fact and it was just like yeah the whole thing was strange and I'm like I just wish I could have been a fly on the wall and but you could feel the energy shift you just could mm-hmm. like that's all I'm gonna say about it is like there that was the proof in the pudding for me is like when I walked through that front door and I was like oh something's not the same mm. so so yeah so <laughs> I guess we'll uh we'll wrap it up there because I feel like that's a that's a pretty full oh, session I'm gonna go have nightmares now between the story that I told and the shit that you just told me I'm gonna get yeah. off and I'm gonna be like I'm like did you just say something no don't fuck with me. I didn't. Why? Nothing. I'm good. I'm gonna go shit my pants. Why? <laughs> because unless you made a sound and you subconscious, we're gonna have to go back and watch. I oh my. <laughs> so I'm not even kidding. I swear to God, I don't kid about this shit. So if anybody's listening, I don't kid about shit. Okay. I literally just heard what sounded like like a like a low growl. Like, it sounded like you said something like, like that, like that kind of sound. I, I thought it came out of your mouth. We have to go back and watch that now. I am I think I'm just psyching myself out. I'll say, are you spooky spooked? Because you seem like you're a little spooky spooked. Just a little bit after hearing But I would I be, honestly, the reason I'm not, like, shaking my boots is because weird shit happens on the podcast all the time, like, when we're telling stories. That. And Listen. I haven't told that story in... A little while i thought i had told it to somebody on the podcast at one point it might have been rachel mm-hmm. um but like i don't actively talk about that story unless like something like makes me think of it and like yeah. that that was one instance where i will say i was a little bit i was a little frightened i was a little frightened because i was like i didn't know what we were dealing with so that's crazy yeah <laughs> yeah oh i like your shirt Thanks. It's perfect. Nice. She's wearing a uh, fr- it says friends, and then it's got like all the horror villains, and then the okay. little red it balloon. I have to show you quick though, I, and whoever is listening, if you ever get a chance, go onto the YouTube and watch. But when they made it, so this was from like um, when I went on my Disney trip, they did like a whole thing with Universal. But I didn't notice when you look at uh, like uh, Chucky's face. And what is it? Oh, saw Jigsaw's face. Their fucking eyes and their face look so hilarious. Well, I thought Jason looked a little off. I was like, why do they look like Chucky? Chucky and Jigsaw look worse. They look like Chubby Bunny. They look so hilarious. When I saw it, I was like, what the fuck? It's like Walmart versions of Jigsaw and Chucky. The Wish. The Wish version. Chuck and Chuck and Saw Jig. Saw jig. <laughs> it's like when Aldi tries to make uh new brands that yeah. resemble old brands. Oh my god, I shut there all the time, and I'm lo- I love when I see things, and it's like instead of Pringles, it's shingles, right? It's so funny. It's like Mama Cozy's pizzas. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, so that is our that's gonna wrap up our spooky campfire stories. So you got two spooky stories to kind of listen to to kick off spooky season. Um, and we're gonna have some really good spooky content coming up and hopefully no more sicknesses that are gonna derail our regularly scheduled content. 
Um, so thanks for listening. Thanks for joining another episode of the Ghoul Friend Hour. And stay tuned for all the weirdness that is to be had. You're... Until next time, let's get, get weird. weird. Okay, bye. Bye.